Man, like pe- people always say, you know, uh, doing YouTube or doing a podcast, like that's not a real job. And to an extent, I agree. Mm-hmm. But today, <laughs> I like I suffered immensely. I'm on like this family vacation thing. Actually, throwback. If anybody remembers the first time I was sitting half naked in a room, it was in Greece mm-hmm. when I was on the same type of family vacation thing. Uh, but now I don't know. Like everybody started getting more decent salaries, and you know, <laughs> we're not in this dumpster fire of a hotel. It's actually really nice. When I look to the left now, I can see the sea and everything. And it's uh, it's kind of a vibe. But what, what I'm trying to say with this shit is, uh, you know, I'm getting to this place. I get to hang out with, uh, you know, my girlfriend's family, really nice people and so on. Some even came from New Jersey. Don't worry. They're immigrants to the state, so they're not New Jerseyans. <laughs> uh, you know, mm-hmm. I, 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 I would not walk 10 meters close to anybody from New Jersey. I'm kidding. Jesus fucking Christ. Gabagool. <laughs> but uh, no, and I'm here to, like, enjoy this or whatever. And I spent literally half a day in my room uh, and, you know, preparing for this video that needs to come out and I'm getting like 18 plus on it uh, YouTube is like screaming at me even though it's mm-hmm. like an anti-fascist video I probably if I made a purely fascistic video it would be super up for it yep. then the other half I had to spend because Hakim is a fucking demon he hated on me because <laughs> I, I made you fucking people watch the Obama documentaries for one of our bonus episodes but what I'm trying to say is I'm in this nice hotel with these nice people and I spent half of my day fucking watching Reagan documentaries okay and making notes <laughs> about this fucking thing like, like, Every, like I'm going downstairs for food and everybody's like what What are you doing like uh, what, what's so important that you have to be doing right now and I have to literally lie out of my ass that you know I'm like my corporate bosses are torturing me or something because how do I tell them how do I, how do I tell them that I'm upstairs watching a Reagan anti-communist documentary okay like how do I explain away how, explain this away actually isn't it super difficult to explain to like anybody like older people what exactly you do at this point yeah. I, I'm just telling them I, I have have like a radio talk show and they're like oh but how, <laughs> how do I find the frequency what is it 93.7 93.8 oh. I'm like no no it's like online <laughs> it's like oh there's more people than on the radio uh, but yeah, sorry for the for the small rant. All I'm trying to say is that being a podcaster is literally the most difficult job on the planet, <laughs> and exactly we deserve right. uh, we deserve every cent that we make. Uh, and obviously, uh, be- especially because we are literally just single handedly, or in our case, six handedly, because we're three people, we're literally making communism happen. So uh, <laughs> everyone bow down before us and, and kiss <laughs> our feet. Uh, oh but speaking, speaking of, of which, making money. Someone was saying that you can make money on Spotify just for people listening to your stuff. We've never gotten a penny from Spotify. So either we're doing something yeah. really wrong or Spotify has an amazing business model where they get to just mm. accumulate people's content and not pay them for it. Or it's so insignificant that we haven't even made <laughs> yeah. it to like a singular a dollar yet. <laughs> it's, it's, Despite no, being no, like no, number it's... three ahead of Jordan Peterson mm. for a while. <laughs> it's 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 the most no this is this is the great like this is like worse than uh, racism anti-semitism sexism absolutely everything worse than capitalism even is the discrimination that us podcasters face <laughs> on these <laughs> large podcast. platforms yeah. because no Spotify pays like uh, you know people that call themselves artists making fucking music or whatever but us true artists that shout for an hour and a half into a microphone for podcasts it's no there's no financialization on the platform which is you know okay good for you mm. You know, you know what podcasting is to me. Mm. Uh, 
the only the only fucking parallel that comes to mind is you know when you see a very homophobic politician and he's like out there and he's saying all these things and then he gets caught in like an orgy with 50 yeah, other yeah. guys and he crawls out the window naked <laughs> right i'm i'm that guy but for podcasting <laughs> <laughs> i fucking hate podcasts <laughs> ironically but i'm in here sweaty and naked with you boys yeah uh, and i wouldn't have it any other way this is what i truly mm. love this is why i like you for, i like for you guys to spit on me and call me <laughs> call me disgrace ironically spitting one of the most uh, the least the right. most underrated fetishes no genuinely it's like it because you're already exchanging juices when you know you're, you're doing penetration or, or you're kissing even right okay. and somehow for some reason it's taboo when you know our mouths are not touching and I spit in your mm. mouth but when we're kissing and that same spit is going all over the place then it's not taboo what is this uh, okay I found a I new think form it's, of I think it's a conduit thing I think if you're spitting it's like a larger volume um, of fluid than you're willing to receive but it's <laughs> even nicer than you gurgle it and then you spit back God. and like God, God, super nice okay, but I don't not fuck up and because uh, if it goes into the hair you know because of the consistency it can kind of fuck up hairdo so you gotta you know be relatively precise with it but all of us I don't know about JT but though Texas you probably learn how to spit properly but I am sure Iraq <laughs> yeah, in the, the Balkans with the spittoons like, chewing ding yeah the proper yeah the ding oh my god but I'm saying it as if I no, actually, to this day, like I spit like a like a, I don't know any any term that I would use at this point would be sexist uh, or discriminatory in some way. But I I spit like a baby. Okay, babies probably mm. aren't listening to this podcast. They're not gonna be <laughs> pissed off. I no, I literally just like with all the spit like goes everywhere. I don't know how to like make a pr- proper bowl bowl huh, and like okay. spit out like the that thing like absolutely impossible. Uh, dude, I didn't know how to whistle until probably like two months ago. Like shh shh. Wow. This is the the best <laughs> I can do right now. Like without you know using my fingers and if i use my fingers it's going to be bad for the microphone it's literally mm. going to catch on fire but yeah some some things you just never learn i guess do you guys have anything like that i've always wanted to be able to raise one eyebrow and i just can't do it what? i can't do it yeah. it makes me so sad yeah i mean everybody has like a side preference right um where you can kind of raise a little more than the other or is that just me <laughs> I, don't, I don't know I don't. <laughs> you know people Audience. listening to this are doing yeah. people They're listening to this are doing the, the mirror right now raising <laughs> <Yeah>. their eyebrows <laughs> like in the car on the highway oh my god <laughs> I, I i sometimes i believe the stupidest thing like mm. uh i think for a year and a half in my life one of my uh, my best friends this fucking bulgarian animal this fucking dog he uh mm. like very serious because he's a super intelligent dude super well read very left-wing and so on obviously mm. intelligence and being left-wing i mean that's the same thing <laughs> but uh but no the guy like very serious like for no reason like just sits in front of me and he, he and he there's like a bunch of uh uh, what's the word for them? Not doves, but golub, the fucking... Pigeons? Um, uh, pigeons, thank you. P- yeah, pigeons. pigeons, exactly. There's a bunch of pigeons in front of us, and he unironically says, dude, don't, uh, look at how, how dirty they are. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, oh, all pigeons are born white, you know, but uh, they just get dirty over time, and that's why there's so many gray and blackish pigeons and so on. That's not... I don't think that's accurate. I, dude, for a year and a half, I've been telling like this, like exact same story to other people thinking I'm super <laughs> smart like being oh, extremely no. informative to them and I always wondered why people were like smirking and looking at me like I'm a fucking <laughs> imbecile turns out because I fucking am and I just believe this guy like full fucking oh. face value um, <laughs> whenever I would I mean, see like a white pigeon I'm like oh my god they need to be protected so clean we need a, a homeland for the white pigeon <laughs> oh my god <laughs> we must secure a future for us and our, and our, white, and pigeon. our white pigeons <laughs> Thank you.
Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the D program. I started this by saying I'm sorry. <laughs> first, first and foremost, to the audience for having to subject you to this, but also to uh, to the boys. Um, but this is honestly okay. I'm sorry to JT. You got me. Fuck you. This is this is payback <laughs> for, for the Obama shit. Now, now we just have to wait to see what JT's oh, vengeance I'm pick will something be. Something just oh, just uh, sickening. Absolutely I'm pick fucking disgusting. Yeah. The most. What is it going to be? Like Nancy Reagan's no, don't memoir. Even, no, 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 don't even. <laughs> don't, don't even. Please, you're gonna make us read. You're gonna make us read fucking uh, Ayn Rand's. <laughs> Art of the Deal. We're reading Art of the Deal. <laughs> Atlas Shrugged and Art of the Deal. Oh. To Anyways. I, I went to business be... school. Been there and done that. But dude, they made us read, read Ayn Rand in business ethics course. Jesus so even Christ. the word business ethics. And then it was all just about an Ayn Rand. And the business uh, ethics professor, he was literally a member of some Ayn Randian fucking cult that they sent to the oh, uni to teach this. Of fucking weird. Sorry for mm. interrupting. Yeah. Look, hey, you know what? I'm sure that there are some Albanians in your class that love that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that reminds me. I've been meaning to send you boys a meme, but I keep forgetting. But you said Albanian. It's just a picture of a like a Windows pop up oh, that says, country? "Hello, this is Albanian virus. Uh, we are too poor in my country to to actually make a virus that does anything. So please kindly delete one of your important files and forward me on. Sincerely, Albanian virus." <laughs> okay, enough, enough, enough. Albanian bashing. There will be less Albanian. There will be no Albanian bashing on this show. Exactly right. Um, it's not like a running fucking joke. Yeah. Anyways, Shut up. Okay. Yeah. So t- today, today we're gonna do a an overview of uh, a documentary made in 1962 with Reagan, of all people, as the narrator. Mm. Um, before we even start into any of this, there's a bunch of tidbits I want to let you know about, but um, it took around, like, you know the the, the common the common saying, uh, it takes 10 minutes to debunk a 10-second lie? Yeah. At this point, how much bullshit of this I've seen in my life, we really need, to, the left needs to start doing this towards the other side we yeah. used to just go on and, and do fox news level garbage <laughs> yeah. but against the right wing just completely make shit up right honestly Give, yeah yeah <laughs> 10 lines a minute right and then just have them fucking be on the back foot because it's always us i mean that's what happens when you're on the side of the truth mm-hmm. but whatever uh the truth shall conquer mm. now much more importantly uh this documentary as mentioned was made in 1962 and boys uh would you please look at the top cast uh, on IMDb. Open the link yes! over there. Look, oh, fuck, you stole my joke, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> it's incredible. It's incredible. Some epic fucking comrade, some absolute fucking unit, probably. Yeah. Put, just, just tell them, Hakim, it's your joke. I'm not taking it. That is fucking so, art. It just says top cast, and it says Adolf Hitler, self. <laughs> Alexander Kerensky, self. Ronald Reagan, self. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> that is the top cast. Uh, oh by the God. way, dear listener, this the title of this documentary is uh, "The Truth About Communism." So you know, just so you know what you're getting into here. Sorry, sorry, I didn't. I I was hoping to spare the audience from from actually reaching, going out to see this, but no, yeah. we, they have to suffer too. <laughs> yeah, I would and it's posted on YouTube suggest. by this channel. So yeah, yeah, you no, know, no, you're completely right. Yeah, it is posted by by the Reagan Library of mm-hmm. of, of being of being a cuck or whatever it's called, um. which includes incredible <laughs> titles such as the funniest moments when Reagan uh, talked to the people, uh, Reagan's funny quips, uh, mm. Reagan's top jokes. Like they really want to make. <laughs> Wow. This guy would sound like Reagan, a Reagan's, <laughs> Reagan's top N words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> unlisted video, unlisted since 1999. <laughs> oh my god! 
there's you know in in the related related uh movies and videos and whatnot a section imdb there's something else called in the face of evil reagan's war in word and deed and it's directed by steve bannon of all people i didn't oh. know he fucking yeah i didn't uh this is not only a is man of many but talents of course, yes. Um, and the blurb reads, and I quote, Good versus evil in this epic tale which chronicles Ronald Reagan's crusade to destroy the most tyrannical and depraved political systems the world has ever known. Mm. Um, I think that's on the next... Yeah. <laughs> that's oh, the next no, thing please. on the agenda. <laughs> so <laughs> so you, uh, the audience shall vote. Let us know if you want if you want JT to cry tears of blood watching uh, uh, <laughs> Steve Bannon's art. Uh, it's probably better, though, because like, Steve Bannon's like, you know, a smart fascist and shit so yeah. maybe the arguments are gonna be less uh, no food and they no not. eat die many people yeah. no you know it won't be no, <laughs> I'm like you know it not. won't be you know uh, the, the beginning of this uh, documentary is for some reason I don't, I don't know what they have the most insignificant f- of, of, of historical figures Alexander Kerensky um, this if, if you're unaware if you live under a rock if, especially if you're listening to this uh, podcast uh, Kerensky was the most cucked of social democrats uh, he ran the Russian provincial government for three months or so a little bit longer before the October revolution took off um, despite the overwhelming, overwhelming will of the population at the time being to end Russian involvement in World War One, he very democratically, of course, <laughs> decided to continue the war. Um, and people got pissed, obviously, and then everything crumbled. Uh, and he ran away uh, after the revolution and settled between Paris and New York. Um, of course, he reluctantly supported the USSR in World War Two through a very dog shit write-up in Life magazine. Uh, of all places to write these things in. Mm. Uh, and he died in 1970 in as just an obscure figure. Nobody cared about, nobody knew. Um, he occasionally lectured, I guess. That's about it for his life. Uh, but what makes it even stranger um, as to why Reagan decided to resurrect this dude, uh, aside from some appeal to authority, I guess, uh, because most Americans, I'm sure, had at the time had no idea who he is. And today, I think, either more so or less so, depending yeah. where you are, know who uh, Kerensky is. Um, but just a, an interesting tidbit, Kerensky was so unliked, just generally, even by his own side, yeah. uh, that the local Russian Orthodox churches in New York City refused to give him burial rites because huh. he was, number one, supposedly associated with Freemasonry, uh, and, of course, because they saw him responsible for the Bolsheviks. Um, well. I mean... That is uh, misattributed valor, if I've ever seen it. <laughs> yeah, hey, you know what? He needs he, he needs something to his name. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, give uh, me something. Funnily enough, he, <laughs> funnily enough, he went over to the Serbian Orthodox Church, who also likewise refused burial rights, <laughs> <laughs> and he had to he had to shamefully be flown. His body had to be flown to London, of all places, where they finally found a non-denominational graveyard that would take his oh. wretched corpse. Um, so poor guy. <laughs> yeah, rip. Oh, yeah. Um, before we before we get started, one thing to to note. Because I think most people, when they think of Reagan, they think in uh, of his presidential terms. This film was produced mm. about 20 years before his first term. So he yeah. was a, a young, dashing lad. I don't know how no, old he was. He still looked like yeah, a ghoul. <laughs> some 40-something. Um, so it was, <laughs> who, who was this guy before the Oval Office? Uh, back in the mid to late 30s and up until about the early 60s, uh, Reagan was a, a pretty well-known actor. Um, he wasn't known for having a particularly wide range. He was kind of typecast, mm-hmm. um, but at least he was well-known. He did a lot of movies. He served as the president of the Screen Actors Guild from 47 to 52, and then again from 59 to 60. Uh, then he served in World War II for a while, where he helped to produce over 400 training films for the military. But during his time as the, the president of the Screen Actors Guild, he was interviewed by the FBI and the House Un-American Activities Committee, where he turned over fellow actors and guild members he suspected of having communist sympathies. 
So oh boy. yeah, this is this is the environment in which the the truth about communism was made. So just keep that in mind as we go through this film um, that we're listening to Reagan, the actor and aspiring conservative politician, not Reagan, the mm-hmm. president and snitch <laughs> and snitch. Yeah, <laughs> disgusting, disgusting snitch. Let's get into the documentary itself. Now I'm going to give a little like preamble. <clears throat> the very beginning is a monologue by Kerensky, which is so clearly scripted, specifically in the vein of the anti-communism of the era, which is, oh, the godless commies, you know, McCarthy crowd, which just sounds funny <laughs> hearing it nowadays. Mm-hmm. And on occasion, you see an old person. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen um, the unveiling of some fucking victims of communism memorial plaque or some shit, but they always have these uh, decrepit corpses that come up, and they still talk the way that they talked in the 50s. They're yeah. like, oh, and we're, <laughs> yeah. we have to fight the godless communists. I'm like, my guy looked at... Just look... <laughs> <laughs> All right. You know what? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not I'm gonna start a podcast. Anyway. Adapt to the modern mm. era, bro. What the fuck yeah. is this? Exactly screen? right. Hopefully, they all, all of them will face the same fate of that one. Uh, what's it called? Uh, Ukrainian fascist uh, officer that yeah. was giving a speech and then just <laughs> yeah. had a heart attack just and died on the fucking thing. He saw the ghost of Solid and just keep killed over. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Um, one, a, f- a few things uh, that he does say that are weird. He says the communistic movement began in 1917 in Russia, and this was like 20 seconds into the fucking thing. And yeah. I knew I'm going to be in for a yeah. long piece of shit that I've, uh, <laughs> I'm forcing us to indulge in. Um, maybe we can get a counter going for mistakes, but I think we're going to be pinging like every yeah. every two minutes. So fuck that. Um, also, he sounds like he sounds like he's doing a, a, a caricature Italian accent. He doesn't sound like a Russian guy. Did, did yeah, you guys I was, I was curious about his accent. I was like, what is this? <laughs> it's not, it does, if you're going to check anything out, listen to just his, his weird accent. That's the only thing you need to listen to. It's, it's um, typical of, of like Slavic traders who like uh, completely are ashamed of their culture and they want to mm. speak with an American accent, but uh, their old one is so fucking thick that it uh, <laughs> you know malforms into this tumor type of fucking accent uh, that mm. comes out of their mouth that like nobody else has and mm. uh, that sounds like a blend the, the, like they took the worst out of uh, every single yeah. linguistical school and that's exactly him so uh, a a, uh, a traitorous slav becomes an italian that's what we've learned here <laughs> <laughs> the fate worse than death like take pokemon note, when take you note. make two pokemons <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, of course they begin you know there's some spooky music and people yelling and the, a quote kind of like zooms in it's a book that opens up and it's the, the <laughs> yeah. manifest of the communist party and it kind of zooms into the scream ominously and it's of course the famous quote everybody knows the communists disdain to conceal their views and aims they openly declare that their ends can be attained only by the forcible overthrow of all existing social conditions let the ruling classes tremble at a communistic revolution the, rep- the proletarians have nothing to lose but their chains they have a world to win workers of the world unite you know yeah uh, banger quote but the way that they try to make it like horror is is just it's, it's a little <laughs> it's bit cute, silly yeah. It's, yeah. because it's it's clearly like the cinematic i guess motifs aren't there yet or haven't been developed so it was just people yelling in the background <laughs> <laughs> with a shot of a still shot of the page yeah yeah, exactly right. It's, it looks it's just confused. That's like it's it's almost charming, like watching old stuff like yeah. this because you see what they're trying to do. They just haven't figured the stuff yeah. out yet. <laughs> I can imagine. I can imagine the fucking the meth-addled housewife watching this. Yeah. In, 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 in 1963, after her husband beat her, <laughs> she's like, "Oh my, <laughs> the communists, <laughs> the Reds," and I'm not talking about my the bruises underneath my eyes. Oh. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay, JT, could you please yeah. take it away? <laughs> sure. Yeah. All right, so like three minutes in, and this is this was 
I, I realized quickly that this was going to be a problem. Like I was pausing it every 30 seconds. I'm like, okay, this, yeah. is, not, this is not sustainable. <laughs> this is an hour, 15 minutes long. We're going to have too long yeah. of an episode. But I, so mm. I slowed down over time, but, but let me get a couple things out of the way. The doc starts with a monologue from Reagan about how the threat of communism is still present and how a billion people are under communist control. Less than 50 years after the communists seized power in Russia, almost a billion people are under their control. Four out of every ten of the world's population oppressed. So, as someone trained as a journalist, uh, don't hate me, <laughs> I just <laughs> want to take a second to point out how easy it is to spin facts. So, a billion people, quote, under communist control. That sounds a lot scarier than a billion people have decided that communism is right for them and their future. I could probably do this for every sentence in the doc, but that would take way too long. Just be aware that one of the main tricks of spin doctors is to present a false premise and then build an argument on top of that. And so our job as rational viewers is to assess that premise and reject it if it's flawed, as it is here. So if we reject the base claim that these billion people do not want communism, then the rest of the film's arguments don't really have a leg to stand on, because obviously the U.S. is telling the truth when it says all these countries have a right to self-determination, right? So that's just something to keep in mind when you hear stuff like this. Because when it's presented well or quickly, as it's often done uh, today, just, just rapid fire, you don't really have time to, to mm. look into it, to parse it, and to dismiss these claims. That's what, like, what Hakeem was saying at the beginning. They just rapid fire these things, and it takes hours to debunk everything. So, but yeah, that's, mm. anyway, that's all I wanted to say there. Um, I'll, play, I'll play a little soundbite. In the traditional motion picture story, the villains are usually defeated. The ending is a happy one. I can make no such promise for the picture you're about to watch. The story isn't over. You and the audience are part of the conflict. How we meet the communist challenge depends on you. Something that very quickly, you know, jumps out at you is this child's understanding of the world. Um, Reagan literally starts with, oh, a typical motion picture uh, uh, shows the, how the bad guys lose and the good guys end up winning. But mm. I can't promise that for this story. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> have liberals not graduated for like Marvel movie, yeah. fucking the, the Marvel movie view of the world? Of course, nuance. Uh, liberals are allergic to nuance, uh, yeah. as, as, as people are well aware. Uh, he frames almost everything. Uh, about socialism or, you know, any possible change to the status quo is like it's an attack on our institutions, on religion, on our families, on our children. Mm. It's very, it's sad to see that the same, like, uh, general, uh, you know, motifs are mm -hmm. still in use and they're still somehow effective. Mm. Uh, you think after, like, the 50th time you hear this shit, you'd be like, you know, are our children really under attack <laughs> here? <laughs> you know? But, yeah, um... He tries to attack, of course, the, the character of Marx at the beginning, of course, you know, rather than his ideas, which is very typical. Um, he mentions that, oh, Marx was sick, uh, which was unsurprising for someone living in the 1800s and in mostly poverty. Another thing that he goes into is basically a very horrible misunderstanding of Marx's uh, concept of continuity between capitalism and subsequent socioeconomic forms. Uh, he says, oh, that, you know, communism is predestined to mm -hmm. develop. Like, no, there's nothing... Marx never said anything was fucking predestined, my guy. It's absolute core level errors of an understanding of history, of Marxist history, of uh, general concepts of Marxism, including incredibly simple ones, are so out there and so incorrect as to basically – what's the, even the point? You're, you're either preaching to the choir or you're hoping that people that you're preaching to are ignorant. Mm -hmm. So you either know – it's people who don't know any better or don't have any interest in knowing any better or people who just don't know. 
right? Because anybody who's even loosely read about this shit will be able to point this out as nonsense. He tries to do another thing where um, he's like, oh, Karl Marx's uh, mistake of revolution not having happened in the industrialized countries, uh, where where Marx least expected it, quote-unquote, he says. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, number one, is something that many Marxists had recognized. And number two, funnily enough, old Marx, and then later on Engels, uh, did drift towards this position at the end, that uh, maybe the industrialized countries will not be the first place where revolution will happen. And that's why uh, Marx started you know, developing his analysis of, of, of uh, Russia at the time, Russian affairs that he was looking into, but then he died, of course. Regardless, Marx isn't a prophet. He was a scientist. He analyzed trends and then would try to make certain predictions. That's like any scientist would would mm-hmm. would do but of course liberals don't know that liberals only like this fucking you know quasi like oracle view of the world yeah it's 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 an interesting like jump that they always do between um uh, scaring the shit out of someone who doesn't know anything about a particular idea by giving you the most shocking interpretation of that particular idea and it works very well because people care a lot about their families they care a lot about mm. their religion so if you hit them where it hurts it uh, undermines any potential possibility for them to look into this particular topic because it's already extremely taboo for them i mean mm. we see this uh, with homophobia with racism with uh, uh, you know fervent reactionary nationalism and so on you you give a horribly fucked up this uh, like this figured image uh, of someone and if that's their first impression of a particular uh, school of thought or being or, or culture or whatever you want to call it uh, the, the stereotype like in, sticks to you for e- even after you uh, for example which happens to a lot of communists even after you uh, kind of uh, research this particular ideology and then even sometimes embrace it the stereotypes that you you attach to it even before you started uh, getting into it kind of still uh, still linger to an extent it's a tool that is extremely powerful and that uh, kind of they always have at their disposal because uh, there's not really many places for people to get informed on this particular school of thought that we talk about here on the podcast very often uh any like at least informed sources while uh, the constant insane bombardment of uh, of uh, fictitious lies or like over exaggerated criticisms of past uh, socialist experiments is absolutely fucking everywhere so it's uh, kind of understandable that people form these uh, these uh, fucked up uh, opinions but where it gets even more interesting is that you know they don't they try to not only do you know character assassinations on the ideology itself but also character assassinations on on different philosophers of our particular school of thought uh and uh, it's very funny because this for example documentary is, is obviously very directed at uh, you know american ideology and american culture and that's why they put so much emphasis uh not like when they talk about marx they obviously immediately disregard his ideas and his ideology that he proposes in general but they also really, really try hard to uh, propose that he was also kind of basically an idiot, even in the stupid thing that he was proposing. So what uh, Hakim quoted uh, very well, you know, he didn't guess that this is where the revolution is is going to happen. That's mm. like uh, that's like saying, and I don't know, that's like uh, some guy makes a car and he says, uh, and the car didn't exist before then, and he's like, I'm gonna make this thing on four wheels and it's gonna be able to move people at 50 kilometers an hour. Uh, 
and then he makes it, but it only goes 40 kilometers an hour. But he just invented the fucking car, right? And, you know, critiques, I don't know, the bicycle lobby in this weird allegory of mine is going to give him <laughs> shit because it doesn't go 50, it goes uh, 40 instead. And why did I mention, like, American ideology in particular? Because, you know, Amer- the um, Americans hate nothing more than uh, an enemy that is also uh, incompetent, right? Mm-hmm. So by making uh, socialists not only sound like, as we'll see throughout uh, this documentary, is extremely treacherous as uh, people who uh, believe in something that is extremely flawed, but also people who don't actually believe in this very flawed thing, but they are using it to manipulate people around them, and they're not even doing it well, and that's leading to mass suffering and so on. The, the arguments intersect, so both the idea is bad, but these people don't really believe in, to, in the idea, or the idea that they believe in, uh, they are not smart enough to actually properly implement. They are going at all fucking fronts, because you know people have different things that trigger them in a particular way, People things that uh, make them look at either particular figures or particular ideologies as quote unquote not something for them. So when they attack from all of these fronts, it event it sticks with 80, 90% of people because they find the particular irk, if I can use the term, that uh, that applies to them. And this documentary does a brilliant job exactly at that. You know, somebody looking at it from, I don't know, a, a cinematic or even script writing perspective would say, you know, these guys are going all over the place. But I think that was exactly the kind of the point, and we already see it in the first three to ten minutes of the uh, of the doc. They, they're going on all the fronts because that's how you fucking do this because you're talking to people who don't know anything about this particular thing. Well, let's fast forward literally two minutes. We didn't make it very far. Um. (laughs) Karl Marx has been dead for 34 years, but one of his most fanatic disciples, the Russian Bolshevik Vladimir Lenin, is in exile in Switzerland with 13 devoted followers. So here Reagan is giving us the story leading up to the October Revolution, and he describes Lenin as one of Marx's most fanatic disciples. And then shortly after, he says that Lenin had 13 devoted followers. This seems innocuous enough, but what the writers are trying to do here is subtly suggest to the viewer that communism is another religion. Using the term disciple and immediately following it up with 13, which is pretty close to 12, is clearly intended Mm -hmm. to position communism as a direct threat to Christianity, which, as we all know, was a central tactic during the Cold War. The The whole thing, the whole Red Scare thing, kind of hinged on positioning communism as antithetical to everything that was American and the and one of the pillars of American identity whether it was true or not was that America was, was a Christian nation that's <laughs> a Big Mac yes exactly right <laughs> was the, the chili cheese fries yeah uh, what is the what, what, what is that thing that you have um, it's like a thing you deep fry and has jalapeno with cheese that melts um, oh like a jalapeno popper <laughs> Yeah, he's <laughs> <laughs> in the pop. <laughs> Communism's coming for you. I thought poppers make your dick hard, but apparently not. <laughs> Colloquially, I mean, in your circles, maybe. In my circles, it's just a help in your cheese thing. And it also <laughs> makes your dick hard. Yeah. <laughs> but that's only because you're around, Habibi. All right. Um, uh, the Something that I like, and one, one tidbit that he, he interjects is... Um, Speaking of, of the Romanovs, or specifically the Tsar, he's like, his future, Soviet bullets in an unmarked grave, which is beyond the base. This is the only base thing that he said <laughs> this entire... <laughs> Lenin arrives in Petrograd in April and preys on the poverty, ignorance, and desperation of the people. He promises them land and peace, independence for non-Russian peoples, and a red heaven on earth. 
he goes on to say, Lenin preys on the poverty, ignorance, and desperation of the people. Bro, you mean he offers them an alternative? <laughs> like, they they literally yeah, got yeah. all those things that Reagan insinuated were lies. Again, that is this is where you need to pay attention. Because he presents mm. these things, which were delivered, but the way he says it makes it mm. sound like they were not delivered. Look at the statistics. Mm. Soviet citizens consumed more calories than their Western counterparts at the same time. Independent cultures were respected and celebrated. Quality of life drastically increased. And all of this data is readily available online. So, again, with the twisting of facts to misrepresent what actually happened. Like, ooh, that's sneaky Lenin. He promised them all these things, mm, yeah. knowing that the viewer will fill in the blanks and assume those promises weren't fulfilled. By the people themselves, by the way. Like, Lenin wasn't some superhero. He was just a, a talented contributor. This was a movement of all the people. This, they, 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 Americans really like... Uh, removing agency yeah. from entire population. Daddy yeah. figures, superheroes, yeah. great man stuff. Yeah. So naturally, they Liberals. project that onto onto Lenin, and then later Stalin and the Doc. It's and this thing you you will see repeated over and over again. Particularly this this uh, lack of agency. Everybody's either a victim uh, of um, yeah socialism, communism, whatever, and they were completely helpless and and either idiots and they just let it happen, or they're completely you know it's a very strange mm-hmm. framing, and it doesn't mesh well with. Like this, the the liberal presupposition of like democracy, as you know, uh, every you know one man, one vote, and the attempts at universal suffrage and multi-party representation, depending on the type of you know liberals that you prescribe to. Um, Well, that's 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 why they have to do it the way they do it. That's why they present it that way. Because if these people had agency, then suddenly Mm -hmm. all of this meddling and and fear mongering is not justified, right? Because this is what the people chose. So if you just make them, Mm -hmm. you know, hapless idiots and victims, then the bad guy, the the people pulling the strings, oh Lenin and the rest, they're the bad guys. Yeah, no, no, exactly right. One little bit that kind of annoyed me because it's something that's it's so incredibly dead, but you see the stupidest sections, um, which usually include the American conservative side, re- restating, I guess, is that he, in a subtle way, peddles the conspiracy theory that Lenin was a German agent, mm-hmm. uh, or at least leaned into Lenin being a German agent because the Germans allowed Lenin to transit from Switzerland uh, through uh, German territory to Sweden, and then from, up from Sweden to Finland and to Russia afterwards during the, 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 the revolutionary period um which again is dog shit this is com- this is complete nonsense there's no evidence whatsoever that lenin is anyways um we don't need to really get into this if, if, if you genuinely do think that the, this um there's a very good book called um lenin the train lenin on the train i believe uh the author is some woman that i don't remember the name of right now but it's a very good book it goes into all the details. Safe to say, not a German agent, though. Mm. Um, this is a old conspiracy theory by like the the whites in Russia uh, that kind of held on in like very strange emigre circles uh, and then died out. Uh, he makes also another mistake where he specifically says where he blames um, that's a better term. He blames the Bolsheviks for the July Days, um, which were by the way for those unaware, July Days was a period in in uh, 1917 with spontaneous demonstrations of workers and soldiers that the Bolsheviks only reluctantly wa- went along with. They didn't want they didn't call for them. They went along with them when they realized that people were going to go out into the streets regardless. The Bolsheviks felt that the moment had not come yet and wasn't the right time and they were right at of course in in their in their assessment. It's very strange, again, that uh, Reagan blames the Bolsheviks for this because 
that not only is not a uh, like an, a, not only is it outdated um it was outdated like the month after uh-huh. <laughs> um the the events occurred no even like conquest robert conquest doesn't re, doesn't uh, uh make these claims in his bullshit uh, and he picked any third fucking tertiary source absolutely zero uh, reliability nonsense like anti-communist nonsense that he could pick up to put in his books and he didn't bother reproducing this claim so again it's just trying to show like oh they tried and they failed i guess is is the is the twist Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, uh, then he afterwards claims that all opposition was outlawed, which is also patently not true. There are several power sharing agreements and there are some coalitions formed, uh, particularly with the left SRs at the time, uh, which then the history afterwards gets more interesting. But we're going to do a dedicated thing on this in the future, inshallah. Um, again, afterwards, he also makes another mistake where he says where he claims that the dictator, the dictatorship of the proletariat was a myth without elaborating, by the way. He just kind of <laughs> typically leans yeah. on the. Um, oh, it wasn't dictatorship of the people. It was dictatorship of the Communist Party. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, my guy. Way. Who makes up the, the party? <laughs> 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 right? Like when you have a Supreme Soviet that represents like 230 million people mm. through like tens of thousands, if not thousands of delegates. Oh, my God. Anyways, uh, he, he, he says that the, the um, Brestotovsk peace that uh, was made between... Uh, Soviet Russia and Germany at the time during World War One. He calls it a humiliating peace, which I find very interesting for the warmongering nature of, yeah. of Reagan. Um, if that was a humiliating peace, then what what happened in Korea and Vietnam <laughs> and Afghanistan and your what was that, my guy? Yeah, <laughs> um, But yeah, sorry, go on, JT. Yeah, let's uh, let's fast forward yet another single minute. <laughs> <laughs> First, he creates a terrible weapon against counter-revolution, secret police battalions, and then builds a new war machine under the guidance of Commissar of War, Leon Trotsky. Literally every single country has an intelligence apparatus. Only one country has used theirs to assassinate, overthrow, and destabilize literally dozens of democratically elected governments over the last 50 years. And it wasn't the commies. This is yet again, I'll mention this later, but like using these scary terms to replace really mundane terms to make mm. these guys, you know, who are roughly equivalent yeah. to the United States in the way in, like, government structures and stuff, make them sound bad and the United States sound good. It's the same like the Communist Party thing. They, they mm. Just don't call it the thing, and liberals yeah. are all of a sudden absolutely more than fine with it, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if, if we state, and it would absolutely be true, that most neoliberal states are run by the Capitalist Party, which has mm-hmm. multiple different uh, sub-branches inside factions, of it, yeah. they would lose their shit. They would be like, oh my God, man, we are actually oppressed, my bro. But yeah. you uh, just uh, use <laughs> different terms, and they're like, oh my God, my bro. We actually have like actual democracy, my bro. And it's the same with the, the intelligence apparatus. It is the same with when the Red Army was formed. It is the same with, you know, post-revolution. There are multiple key figures that are obviously going to stay in power for a for a longer period of time, no matter how much criticism you would like to apply to that. That is usually how it how it goes. Sure, there are experiments and examples where that didn't go exactly that way, but when you are reestablishing a particular new model in such a vast fucking territory 
territory, you are eventually going to have people that rise through the ranks and represent to an extent the movement through their, uh, through both their uh, capabilities, their intelligence, and their their ability to unify the state. Blah blah blah. But uh, you know, if you use different terms for this, and you know, it's funny how like the, throughout the whole thing, and especially in this part, they they criticize the Soviet Union for creating, a, as you said, an intelligence apparatus, or later on about uh, how you know uh, their voting wasn't uh, wasn't real, etc. Yeah. etc. <laughs> while while living in this case, literally in the 1960s, fucking America, USA, yeah. where we know how things were particularly Na- run. And wait, wait, 1962 was before was before. Uh... <laughs> this is before civil rights, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. 90, 90, uh, it was nineteen sixty four when when African Americans got the right. Of course, like the, the similar. This was the the civil movement. rights era, yes, but yeah, yeah, before much resolution had come of it. Exactly right. Yeah, my God, what a very succinct point you opening. Actually, I did not put two and two <laughs> together. God damn. Yes, actually, what the fuck. <laughs> Oh my god! And even like the, the the if if they would follow their logic through, and I know I'm throwing maybe cliches at this, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but uh, Reagan, pro- like if he, he could use the same fucking quote about I don't know MLK at the time, MLK manipulated yeah. black people's need to not be discriminated <laughs> into getting them civil rights. Like that's the that's yeah. the that's the direction we're going towards. And then afterwards, and then the blacks started joining. Into yeah, the yeah. state apparatus, which made it blacker and eviler because it's yeah. uh, not white and not red. Uh, sorry, yeah. not white, but red and black, or red or black, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's like they just put adjectives to a thing, and th- yeah, I'm not going to repeat myself. They, yeah, they do it like throughout the thing, where it's like, oh, the whoever you know, insert ex socialist figure. It's like pre- preyed on these dumb fucking peasants, and they <laughs> yeah, do this. Yeah, exactly. it's, like, it's like, come on, man. It's like. He's just removing all agency. Like, he, what do you think the United States? We have people who don't have time to educate themselves on this stuff too. Like, if if mm. if the if the Russian citizens were were dumb peasants with you know no hope, then so so is every other worker in the world. You know what makes it even worse? First of all, by the way, you, both of you are insinuating that the United States is not a real democracy. Would a fake democracy <laughs> have Joe Biden Funko Pops? True. <laughs> with, True. Well, could could you get those? You know, like the 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 Mexican um, popsicles with the weird like the the, the, the sugar coating on the outside. Could would you it, import would, your would bananas with, at the low cost of thirty thousand hands? <laughs> Exactly right. <laughs> My God, could you? Get, would you have lead in your water if it was a fake device? <laughs> we can do oh this all day. <laughs> Do you know my favorite part about all this is um, they they took a fairly benign thing of oh a post revolutionary government set up a new army yeah. and they tried to twist the shit uh, like the music and the right ri- and by the way it's like um back then it was normal but now it just feels like outdated like old documentary music it's yeah. like an orchestra score and it like rises <laughs> with, <laughs> with him saying they made an army fucking <laughs> it's like it started putting kids in the army and then there's like footage of kids in uniforms they're uniforms. like being taught in schools which are probably military high schools which exist absolutely yeah. everywhere and yes being in the military can be a very fulfilling profession that you could pursue from an early age imagine like you you like yes, i don't know like good. medical high school like you and you like take a video of like all those people in white coats that want to be mm. nurses or doctors yeah, this country exactly. is manipulating people into wanting to inspect balls very Base scary look at uniform <laughs> look at uniform Please. very scary Ch- 
child wears Ushanka. Maybe because it's fucking cold. And Ushanka yeah. is an equal <laughs> exactly. evil communist. Like, oh it's, my god. By the way, like something just to add on top of that is isn't it the US that has the like the pink rifles, like my first like AR fifteen or whatever the fuck? Yes. For for you know <laughs> one thing that has re- reinforced itself over and over again is this absolute projection of particularly American capitalist society and all the negative aspects of American capitalist society onto their enemies, supposed enemies, right? Mm-hmm. And in this case, this hyper militarization, I don't think there is a possibly more militarized country than the United States, yeah, particularly on the civilian take, level. Uh, yeah. So it's not like, you know, the, the, the government's for It's actual everyday fucking people, right? The NRA has like millions of members. Yeah. They, they, ha- they can actually uh, guide policy, political change mm-hmm. in the United States, right? The, it, when we're talking about militarization, yeah. But they're not looking for, for you know, actual uh, concrete analysis. They're not looking for proper comparisons. They're looking for, for hyperbole and trying to portray an ideal ideologized view of the world it's just it's a fucking exactly. joke yeah moving on basically jt <laughs> jt gave up i think after seven minutes yeah, i did yeah. of, i'm like of, i'm not gonna write over. anything down for 20 minutes <laughs> <laughs> which i love and i support because i bothered and i want to <laughs> fucking kill myself <laughs> so let me let me let me give you boys a little rundown. So around the eight-minute mark or so, uh, he tries to he quotes Lenin and several others, uh, incorrectly assuming that there would be a clash between the USSR and capitalist nations, which they were of course right. Uh, but he tries to spin this as them, the, the USSR, attacking rather than them being yeah. attacked, which is what happened across the fucking you know during the Civil War. It was fourteen nations that invaded the the fledgling Soviet state. Uh, and again, he powers, didn't have to say it. Like he doesn't yeah. say it. He just suggests. He all he does throughout yeah. this thing is suggest and l- and lets you fill in the blanks. It's very effective, like, but just keep it in yeah. mind. And he does it even worse. He does even worse. <laughs> what? Like he says that the U.S. sent like some food when you know Lenin took over, and then there was a bit of uh, suffering and mm-hmm. so on. But he doesn't manage that. Like a few years before that, they literally sent troops. Like how yeah. do you yeah, say yeah. one thing and exactly not the other? Right. It's incredible. Yeah. 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 Anyways, yeah, of course, the world the invasion of World War Two by by Nazi Germany, sanctions after like at every fucking level, the 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 leadership of the Soviet Union and Soviet people they were correct in assuming that they would be attacked. Um, that's number one. Number two, he says by 1922 Russia was a catastrophe. Okay, number one, why? Have you ever thought to ask why? <laughs> <laughs> you fucking dumb fuck. <laughs> that's number one. Number two, again insinuating that it wasn't a catastrophe prior. What did you think 1914 Russia was fine? <laughs> Dumbass. Um, of course, he tries to go like, oh, Hoover's evil aid, mm-hmm. uh, which included medicine, like some food and shit, during the 1922 Volga famine. And of course, he says, uh, and Lenin's return to free enterprise uh, is what saved the Soviet state. Again, not mentioning the Civil War at any point. He m- literally zero mention mm-hmm. of the Civil War, of the white, nothing, of American invasion of the of, of the Soviet states. There, there's fucking footage of so of American troops landing in Vladivostok, for fuck's sake. Um, and none of this is mentioned at all. He then moves on, by the way. He, he, at one point, he says, oh, Stalin at this point is still relatively unknown. This is around 1922 or 23, this mm-hmm. footage that he's showing. Stalin was not unknown. He, By the way, he means about the Soviets, like in Soviet circles. Yeah. Stalin was not unknown. Stalin was like he had the um, – he was a, a commissar of people's nationalities. He had a Politburo, a Politburo position. He was a part of the Central Committee. He was a well-known figure, yeah. right? It's Anyways, and then he, he – <laughs> Another quote from Reagan is, in 1924, Lenin, who vowed to destroy the free world, is dead. I'm like, okay, <laughs> all right. What, yes, sure. That is a word, that is a string of, sent- of, 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 of nouns and, and, and 
<laughs> yeah, Indeed. Lennon actually wrote that at one point. I vow to destroy the <laughs> yeah. free world. Yep. Uh, period. Yeah, okay. No, that's, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, that's why he was he was based. Yeah. <laughs> um, at this point, essentially, and I I wrote this out. He lies maybe three times a minute at yeah. the minimum. At the minimum, it's three lies a minute that I've noticed, which is a hectic pace to try to keep up with, <laughs> right? Uh, <laughs> so at this point, I also give up. <laughs> I am maybe 10 minutes into into the documentary. It's an hour and 15 fucking minutes. So then I just write down, I just write down individual sentences of my, my like, you know, stream of consciousness. So I'll go through that with you uh, real quick. You have the typical tropes. Oh, they're a dictatorship. Oh, mm-hmm. the cult of personality. Communism's out for your fucking kids. Uh, he calls the Kosomol, uh, Komsomol, excuse me, which was the Soviet equivalent of um, the pioneers, the, the equivalent of what's it called? The Boy Scouts. scouts the yeah. kids, the Boy Scouts, exactly mm-hmm. right. Almost every country on earth has some concept of this, right? He calls that, he, he refers to them as training for the victory over the non-communist people <laughs> of the earth. I'm like, my guy, it's just it's just scouts. Yeah. That's it. He's like, oh, indoctrination in schools with a 40% uh, uh, level. Yeah, of, I, um, I noticed the like, 40%. Ideological- like, you, what, what orifice <laughs> did you pull that out of? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, no, even like, what, what? what is primary fucking school education? It's literally yeah. ideologizing you into whatever the state at that point believes. It we is, say the Pledge no of Allegiance every morning. No school works in a morning. different fucking way. Like, guys, I was, I, this was, when was this, maybe like eighth grade or something, and I remember sitting in fucking class, and the teacher unironically is going about the fucking three branches of government. Yes. And it's like, oh, we have a judiciary. I'm like, what? And I remember I remember sitting there as a dumb fuck, seventh grader, eighth grader, whatever. And I was like, she's she's full of shit. <laughs> she's so full of shit. Oh. oh, my God. Yeah. It was one of those schools where you have to raise your hand and ask the teacher to go to the bathroom. Oh, um, we had like little yeah, wooden is- blocks that were hall passes. Like you had to take the bathroom pass. It was a big piece of wood oh with a key God. attached to it so you couldn't like lose the key or something <laughs> my god anyway so yeah he then goes on to try to push the fucking child soldier thing mm. which again uh, is a meme um he called the five-year plan or the concept of five-year plans trotsky's idea yeah, <laughs> okay <fucking right. laughs> sure uh, and of course this is a this is a favorite trope of of like anti-communists in general it's like whenever it's convenient they push Trotsky, yeah, right. But whenever it becomes inconvenient, he's a he's a filthy, you know, Jew communist, right? Yep. <laughs> it's it's such a, uh, and he they, Reagan does this too, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, he very very like barely skirts calling him a racial slur. <laughs> <laughs> he, he he calls he calls Kulaks independent farmers, which is the understatement of the century. Yeah. Okay, why were they independent? Possibly because they fucking owned people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyways, that's a they're that's small a business owners. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. He also mentions, uh, he pulls numbers out of his ass. His, this is the first one. He says, six million people were liquidated. Um, first of all, like six million is, even if you want to pretend like the, the famines of the period, if you want to calculate all the deaths that occurred, it is nowhere near six million. Yeah. Even I think the, the most accurate estimate is like around three million of the time at least. Uh, and that's by like several experts in the field. Regardless, then he goes to say that uh, the collectivization of agriculture, uh, agriculture was the most violent social upheaval. <laughs> My guy. Ha- have you ever heard of the, the fucking Taiping Rebellion or something? Yeah, Taiping Rebellion is with a Chinese Jesus. The guy who was like, oh, I'm G- Jesus' brother. Yeah. And then he like so cool. killed 30 <laughs> so or, or like the wars. Yeah. <laughs> the wars killed like 30 that's million insane. people. You know, one, one, one sentence that I thought sounded really cool uh, that Reagan said is once again starvation is the diet of communism. Yeah, which uh, like that sentence goes hard. <laughs> I do. I'm gonna screenshot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah. 
Then he goes on, it's like, oh, Stalin makes slavery an essential part of the communist economy, which is hilarious coming from an American political yeah. <laughs> politician. <Yeah. laughs> um, I wonder I wonder what the United States had had uh, made slavery an essential part of. Hmm. Um, uh, and this, few, is, like, and this is three years before, uh, ba- all, ba- almost three years before gulags literally stop existing and we have... Uh, no, no, like, gulags stopped existing in 1956. Fifty six. Yeah, yeah. yeah, there you go. So, and we yeah. and we have American prisons making your fucking jeans to this day. So yeah, to this day. <laughs> and exactly digging your right. trenches and firefighters now going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So and for and for everybody who's also because again these things you're not taught so you don't know. Do you know who else was st- closing um, labor camps or labor like uh, rehabilitative imprisonment through labor? Uh, also, what other nations? Fucking France and Belgium and the Netherlands and and Britain. Mm. <clears throat> it it was a regular thing it was of a prison life at the time. Product of of the era, absolutely. Exactly Not really right. ideologized in any way. But anyways, so he then moves on and he he makes up random quotes and I <laughs> I can confirm he's lying. I couldn't find any source. He, he makes some quotes that made made up quotes that apparently supposedly Stalin said. I could not find any source anywhere. Uh, of course, he goes on uh, afterwards to claim the purges were calculated, which. If you read J.R. Getty's work, you know that they weren't. Um, he throws in a little, oh, the Marxists are controlling our institutions, conspiracy theory. <laughs> um, of course, by the way, showing only racial people throughout, which is a little bit sus, but okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, oh, here's an Asian guy, yeah. a black yeah. guy. It's like, oh, the, they're controlling our institutions. a little bit, just a little bit sus. <laughs> uh, and then afterwards, they do this thing where anything that supposedly is positive of the Soviet system, they try to twist around. So every democratic right is boiled down to, oh, this is just a rubber stamp for Stalin. Yeah. Um, yeah. No evidence. They just He just throws the words out there. Uh, I'm almost done with this with this bit. Sorry. It's just there. He said so much shit and we'd be here for eight hours. Um, he said, of course, that Stalin used spies to utilize. Again, hold on. This is, this is a, a, another banger sentence. The construction is pretty neat. He says, Stalin used spies to utilize for communist misuse the fruit of free man. Free man. <laughs> <laughs> this is just a fucking, oh, they're stealing technology shit. Yeah. We see this with China nowadays. Of course, it's bullshit. If you are so naive, naive as to think that there wasn't mutual espionage, yeah. particularly in industry, then you're a fucking idiot, I'm sorry <laughs> to say. Um, no, but like, even even like, it's a, taking all the fruits of labor that happen in capitalism and calling it like, okay, this is the fruit of capitalism. So basically, all inventions are fruits of capitalism. And we follow this logic. That means, I don't know, over in America, every single time, I don't know, a guy uses a hammer and hits a thing because right. communism equal worker right thing, then mm-hmm. everything is a product of communism over over in the states everything that the employee quote-unquote uh, makes it's a loophole fucking. the meme that yeah the meme that always needs to be repeated is the isms don't determine any it's, workers make everything isms yeah. only determine who's properly paid and and who in society is actually reimbursed for their labor uh, again another interesting and completely a fucking ass insane statement is uh, posing as enemies of fascism, the communists get many converts. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yes. yes. They weren't posing, bucko. <laughs> they were yeah. Oh, my God. But uh, And he also tries to do this a lot where he tries to link uh, fascism and... and, and yeah. Uh, yeah, we're going to get into this soon. Another meme that he's like, oh, the state has... Unlike unlike what Marx promised, the, t- the state hadn't withered away. This is 1936, like in the time frame that we're, we're talking about. Is this guy actually fucking insane? Yeah. <laughs> It's like it's been like less than twenty years, and half of it was not even proper development, and already. Won- Anyways, it's again another one of those. You know, it's like oh, they promise something, but it's liberal fucking thought. No, no, no nuance. No, 
he also, of course, mentions this kind of defeats his. I don't know why they did this because he doesn't. It doesn't come off the way that they want it to come off. He mentions the failed French-English cooperation pact with the USSR, where the USSR came. To, of course, he. By the way, he says the French and English went to the USSR first, which is not yeah. true. It was the USSR that approached the, the French and English and told them, "Hey, let's make a common pact against Hitler." But they said no. Uh, and then afterwards, he's like, "Oh, and then the, that didn't work out." Uh, but the Molotov-Ribbentrop Pact, um, the tyrants were united, which again. To reemphasize for the thousandth time, the Soviet Union was the last country to sign a uh, non-aggression pact with Nazi Germany after almost literally every single country yeah. in Europe. So this is just a fucking point of, of, of bullshit. I don't even know why people even mention I don't know why this is still taught in high school. I mean, we know why. But, yeah. uh, it's uh, People it's, love uh, it today. Oh my gosh, yeah, people yeah. still love it. Uh, he builds up, by the way, entirely into blaming the USSR for World War II. Um, he tries to also try blame the USSR for Hitler and try to make it fascism to be like a Soviet mm-hmm. thing. Then and then he also twists because... that the only reason the, the Soviets were able to properly fight is because, again, the fruits of free man's labor yeah, was sent yeah, over exactly. and they Lend got guns. And, right? yeah. and yeah, they yeah, said yeah. the only reason that they that the Soviets got into the war was because they wanted to expand and they took the Nazis' yeah. attacks as a, like a useful distraction so they could expand. Yeah, they wanted the Poland. Yeah, yeah, they wanted the yeah. Poland. Oh, wait, I'm not, I just yeah. immigrated to the States. I need to talk with yeah. a different accent. <laughs> yes, exactly. yes, the Jews. Oh, I mean, the, it's, the, the it's, communists. It's me, so, Mario. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Another thing is like, oh, the USSR invaded Poland again. Another tired fucking bullshit. In 1920, uh, actually, which territories? Which territories did they take? Did the Soviet Union take from <laughs> Poland? Oh yeah, the parts that the parts of Ukraine and Belarus that Poland took in 1922. Yeah. Um. So, again, it's just the right. It's fucking bullshit. He goes on to the you know communists want your toothbrush. He's like eh, the the state owned everything down to the last nut and bolt. Yeah. I'm like yeah. You know what? Then fucking. Uh, he, he goes on also, by the way, and this is my favorite part. Uh, you got me here and I love this. He calls the Latvian currency Latvian dollars. Oh, yes. Oh, my fucking God. Oh, Lord. Oh, fucking leprechaun shit, bro. Like, fucking. Oh, my. Oh, f- yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that, if that doesn't show you the, the level of, you know, audience that he's yeah. trying to appeal they to. They really think the American person, the average yeah. American viewer is the dumbest person on earth. And honestly, yeah. sometimes. Like, he couldn't just be like, oh, the Latvian lot or whatever it's called. The, the uh, Latvian currency. You know, he had to say Latvian dollars. Yeah. Um, so yeah, don't worry. I'm I'm gonna go spend me some some Iraqi dollars <laughs> over in where where you got things at some Yugoslav dollars. Yeah. <laughs> Christ. Fuck me. Some vodka but bucks. Yeah. yeah fuck. Me. <laughs> exactly. You know what? The, the one currency I want to be real is G bucks. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. True. <laughs> That's what I want to be. I, I want Reagan to to come back from the dead just to be like, oh, and these podcasters are getting G bucks. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so uh, this entire process, I guess, just to summarize, is he gish gallops this fucking w- bullshit, unconfirmable statement in quick succession over and over, one after the other. Literally, at some points, it's in a 10 second frame, he, he makes like four statements mm-hmm. that are all completely unconfirmable and bullshit, but he just passes it off as fact. Uh, of course, he repeats the outdated, oh, the USSR was unprepared for war, it was co- co- caught by surprise by the Nazi attack. All this is nonsense, I'm going to get into it in a bit. Um, JT, can you please introduce us to the to World War II? We're only half an hour in, by the way. Yeah. The <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd be glad to. At the 32-minute mark, we get hit with this banger. In village after village, the Germans are welcomed as liberators, freeing the Russians from the communist yoke. But then comes the incredible barbarism of the Nazi occupation troops. Some people have difficulty drawing a parallel between the brutality of Nazism and the brutality of communism. 
The victims have no such difficulty. The film does a lot of equating the Soviets with the Nazis, but this little snippet in particular stuck out to me. You just, you cannot say that the actions taken by the Red Army and the Nazis were equivalent. The Nazis were trying to exterminate entire categories of people. The Soviets said no. The Nazis were trying to annex as much territory as they could, regardless of how many innocents they killed. The Soviets said no. Using violence to end violence is absolutely justified, especially when you look at the end goal of the Nazis. But when you... You know, when you str- Hitler was Hitler was debated to, to, to into peace, into surrendering. Okay, <laughs> he was finished. He was in the marketplace. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, somebody, what's it called? Uh, the, the 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 trio. They uploaded a fucking reaction video <laughs> to him, a stream, a compilation of their stream bits with all of them making like you know a little snarky face, like uh, mm-hmm. ooh, Hitler's cringe. <laughs> <laughs> and then he just fucking imploded. Uh, oh the, the Nazis, the Germans were super nice when they were walking through the villages, and they weren't like. Like uh, stealing chickens and so on, but as they would walk in super politely into the villages, yeah. they would then start a three to five year old process of absolutely exterminating every living fucking being there that they mm. considered uh, quote unquote a, a subhuman. While the Soviets, which have are you know now moving into a counteroffensive and moving through these particular territories after a five year war that was fought on their territory, fucking uh, starving for any sort of uh, nutrition that they can find as they're fighting literally the most brutal war of all time. And those liberators, while moving through those particular territories, weren't all that fucking nice. And maybe a few cows were stolen and maybe a few tractors were taken over, etc., etc. But once they set in those particular territories, they weren't starting five-year genocide plans on how to purify yeah. absolutely everyone. Like this, this particular myth of, uh, oh, my grandpa told me when the Germans came, they gave us milk. And then when the Soviets yeah. passed, they took our chickens is super popular actually in my part of the world etc etc and let's like and even if like okay 100% let's say like maybe this is this is true or whatever which obviously it isn't uh, because it's a vast overgeneralization and it's just very fucking dumb but let's even say that it is completely true Uh, my my dude uh, you're (laughs) siding with Nazis yeah like Mm. at the end of the day you don't have to you you never you don't gotta give it to the Nazis at any point you know it's like mm. uh, fine believe what you want if you oh I, I, they were so sweet they were well dressed okay you know fuck you you're you're supporting the, the one of the most evil projects to ever exist there's not much needs to be said about that frankly but uh, but that's intentional they yeah. because they do see eye to eye with this project in fact it's one that they would love to adopt the, themselves yeah right reagan was was not at the, was two steps removed from being a fucking hitlerite it's yeah. not a well they you know, he barely he knew he had to include that one little line in there in that mm. that bit i played where they, oh the nazis did commit some bad things and then then immediately mm. followed it up with the soviets did these amazing yeah. evil atrocities it's like I see what you're doing. Like, I see the only yeah. reason he put that in there is because you could not possibly leave out mm. at least briefly mentioning what the Nazis yeah. were up to. Otherwise, people would completely dismiss you as like, hey, this is kind of suspect. Why didn't he say the Nazis were the bad guys? We fought them. Like, oh, Jesus Christ. Mm. Um, let me let me do a quick, like, bullet, bullet, bullet point round, I guess, just to, you know, because he goes through a lot of shit. He tries to do this thing where it's a, like a, a short form history of yeah. everything socialism. 
And it's very badly done because it's just the usual lies. Um, but let's just quickly go through it. Uh, it's projection, by the way, on every account. He says communist imperialism. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? He's like, mm-hmm. oh, diplomat- diplomacy, words are one thing. Actions, like communist diplomacy is one thing and their actions are another. Uh, the communist bro- breaking treaties, it's literally, proje- every step of it is projection. Yeah. But anyways, uh, he has like a kind of World War II bit. Um, it's particularly about the Soviet Union and their, their, their war effort. And it's entirely Cold Warrior lies. Almost every second sentence is either a bastardization of the truth or an actual literal outright lie. Uh, the political comments are too numerous for you know book recommendations. I can't give you enough uh, or we're going to be here all fucking day. So I'll recommend only one thing because it kind of covers the big ones uh, that he pointed on, but it's um, Lacerda's book, Stalin, History and Critique of a Black Legend. It covers the historical aspects fairly well in that case. For the military aspect, though, and this is a very good book I'd recommend people read, It's called. It's uh, the title is When Titans Clashed, How the Red Army Stopped Hitler by the world expert on the topic, David Glantz. Uh, it's an excellent overview. It's, it's really the first, and uh, so far, I mean, now the... The literature has evolved enough, but uh, it was at the time the first Western source to deviate from basically worshipping and taking 100% of what literal Nazis saved by the West diaries have to say for granted. Uh, Back then, literally, they would go to just see the most Nazi source and then see what they wrote and be like, no, that's the truth. (laughs) And then they wouldn't go into the, you know, anyways, that's number one. Uh, the death numbers that he throws out are fucking insane. It's like 10 million here and 20 million there. <laughs> yeah. It's a miracle anybody was even left in the USSR, <laughs> honestly. When you start doing the math, they're like, hey, wait a second. Yeah. <laughs> My God. It's like the fucking attrition rate on this is, is unreal, <laughs> my guy. Uh, but yeah. And of course, typical of Western or- Orientalism, all of China's complex modern history is cut down to like a 30-second snippet. Uh, yeah. I think he spoke I think he spoke about Hungary longer than he spoke about China. Yeah. Which really kind of goes to show. But um, he basically just, he's like, oh, the communists are evil, they're bad, Mao's bad, and then they somehow won. The Reds won. Ooh, I wonder how <laughs> the they fucking Chinese. won. The Red Chinese, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How is absolutely not explained because looking into it makes it patently clear that the communists were the only genuinely popular political movement in the country. Uh, if you're interested in a book recommendation on this, Edgar Snow's Red Star Over China makes this very clear and is also highly recommended. Um, again, to reinstate, also, they tear the agency out of tens of millions of people. It's fucking ridiculous. The way that he tries to word it is uh, everybody around didn't want the communists, but we're so stupid as to just kind of let them walk in <laughs> and, take, and take over and do it. It's really, it really is presented that simplistically. Something that made me cackle a little bit was he called Hoja Hoza. Yeah. <laughs> which is, there is no pronunciation of Hoja as Hoza. Or, or like um, whenever he would mention like nations that uh, he's pretty sure Americans haven't heard of, he would like add yeah. a snippet like the proud peoples of, of yeah. Yeah. For Albania. Yeah. He said a particularly old nation, Albania. <laughs> That was yeah, that's yeah. weird. I was thinking yeah, about man. that. Like this, this Mountain is a <laughs> this is a 1960s dude trying to pronounce names from outside the United States. This must have taken them mm. 30 hours just to get the names roughly correct. Uh, uh, <laughs> something, another thing that he does that I find so stupid is that people who die of literally being ancient, like leaders who die of being fucking ancient, three thousand years old, or suffering three strokes. And the example that is given is the Czechoslovak leader Benish. He weirdly insinuates that they were killed or something. Yep. I'll quote. He says, Benish, who uh, who also thought he could do business with the communists, died soon afterwards. As if, like, <laughs> yeah. communists are a curse or something to be around. Again, just um, the suggestion. You'll fill in the gaps. Uh, yeah. 
Exactly right. Another I mean, thing all is communists that, do die. That's a fucking pattern right there that you can't deny. It's pretty mm, fucking exactly tough. right. See, mm, very uh, sus. They also they also all happen to drink water. It's a, there's a weird there's a conspiracy <laughs> there. Um, but <laughs> something else. Every major riot, any upheaval, any bit of social unrest was personally ordered by Stalin and willed into existence yeah. <laughs> by him and through him. He makes him like this quasi like. Uh, archangel figure <laughs> you know <laughs> it's it's it, it is generally ridiculous it's almost it, it the jews are behind everything conspiracy theory mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but instead it's communist that's the way that it's presented i wish i, I wish we did have the influence that he prescribed on <laughs> yeah. us that would be that would make things easier <laughs> but um alas right. like yeah, alas exactly right again uh he takes away agency of people repeatedly throughout because at this point he kind of like uh does a quick fire round through various nations no matter where they are, they didn't do a general strike because of their conditions or their ability to think and organize. Mm. They did it because Stalin said so. Stalin yeah. said it, so it happened. Um, they're trying to explain away the popularity of communism rapidly of spreading around the world. So they're like, uh, evil dictator who controls everything. Yep. Uh, he mentions peace demonstrations, uh, particularly ones that rallied against the remilitarization of Germany. You know, the, the country that tried to implode the world <laughs> for the second time. Um, up until, It hadn't even been 50 years into the century, by the way. And that this is what the fuck they've done. Um, <laughs> Here I go again. He, Oops. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> and he he goes into this oh communist subversives they're all brainwashed it's it, this fucking bullshit yeah. right uh and then afterwards by the way by the way just to to to, to the cherry on top he this this motherfucker he calls south korea after the partition democratic yeah <laughs> yeah not only he's talking about the the one country ruled by a handpicked u.s handpicked guy the dictator Kept in power by literal U.S. forces, boots on the ground on the peninsula as they pass as they massacre over two hundred thousand people, political prisoners, and "quote unquote" suspected communists in the Bodo League massacre and a bunch of other massacres. Um, this is the guy, and then afterwards he blames Stalin for the Korean conflict, which is again for people who don't know, literally begun by U.S. sponsored South Korean border raids. Specifically, blame blames the Reds for American deaths in Korea. Yeah. My dude, yeah, the Korea Americans that that there. <laughs> what dude, yeah. man? Let sir, me pull out yes, my map brain. real look, quick. Look. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Honestly, yeah. Uh, if you're interested in a good historical overview of Korea and not this fucking made-up nonsense, check out Goan's excellent book. I've recommended it many times before. It's titled "Patriots, Traitors, and Empires: The Story of the Story of Korea's Struggle for Freedom." It's an excellent book. Um, and again, exactly to what Yugovnik said, he shows post-battle dead American soldiers, like on the ground, as victims of communism. I, I'm not shitting you. Uh, yeah, communism is like doing... this like fake travel agency that sends Americans abroad and then kills <laughs> yeah. them and sells their organs. Mm. Yeah. Oh my god. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> what, what the Americans were doing, of course, in Korea, I, I, who knows, right? Another thing, I guess, uh, this is a, just a historical tidbit, but I, I just want to mention it because whatever. Uh, he mentions the 1953 uprising in East Germany. He spends quite a bit of time talking about it, actually, and it did happen, and uh, it was a complex issue. There's nuance, as you may imagine. Uh, do you know what he doesn't mention that led up to the uprising? Is <laughs> the U.S.-directed West German rejection of what was at the time titled the Stalin Note, which mm. was a proposal sent by Stalin offering reunification, peaceful reunification with, with the German Democratic Republic. So West Germany and East Germany should be reunited as one nation, as an independent and politically neutral Germany. And West Germany refused because the United States refused. And the reasoning, and this is the official reasoning, uh, I mean, official, this is what's written in the fucking declassified shit that we know that know now. Uh, it's because if they held democratic elections, the communists would have won. And yep. they knew that the communists would win. So they were like, no, no, we're not going to. Right? And of course, afterwards, um, 
the, uh, freedom and democracy, supporting and loving. Of course, why didn't he mention this? Uh, <laughs> but uh, West Germany then would sign the European Defense Community Treaty, which was like a NATO, NATO coalition, basically. Well, they were telling the US, oh, look, like, wait, wait, don't worry, we're just taking care of things. But in the meantime, the US and West Germany, they're rearming, they were solidifying the division of Germany, they're rehabilit- rehabilitating Nazis so they could join the West German government and develop the emerging European military lines. He doesn't mention any of this, okay? Uh, but the general meme is this, currency control, sanctions, bad organization of the newly emerging East German government. This resulted in unrest, unsurprisingly, uh, and the then the uprising and its subsequent history. If you're interested in just reading about East Germany, uh, then a book I would recommend is Stasi, Stasi State or Socialist Paradise. It's an excellent read. Um, you're getting many book recommendations today because otherwise we'd be here for fucking 10 hours. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm almost done. Uh, don't worry. Uh, he hates, by the way, he hates on Khrushchev the entire documentary, which is the only correct thing he's done, <laughs> uh, being honest. But uh, he did, the only reason he did that is because at the time of the making of the documentary, uh, Khrushchev was the Soviet premier. He gets to the secret speech on, the secret speech bit on Stalin, uh, you know, the famous secret speech that Khrushchev gave, mm-hmm. which wasn't so secret, and I won't go into the reasoning, but basically, again, <laughs> unsurprisingly, you'll get a book recommendation. Uh, to, of course, to no one's surprise, every single thing that Khrushchev said in that secret speech was a verifiable lie and is known now to be a lie. Uh, and a good book on this is very creatively titled Khrushchev Lied by Grover Fur. Uh, he goes wonderfully into this. The book has some issues, uh, but the general thesis still stands up, so I do recommend you check that out. And then he goes and starts talking about the Hungarian uprising, where he says protesters tear the hammer and sickle off of the Hungarian flag. Tear. I don't know. Uh, tear or yeah, tear? That's pronounced tear. tear yeah. Tear when you're okay, crying. Well. Tear when you're ripping. Okay. Well, I'm ripping right now because I have to fucking speak this language. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I apologize <laughs> on behalf of English. No, no, it's okay. Happy. This Reagan, I don't think, has ever seen a Hungarian People's Republic flag because there is no hammer and sickle on it. <laughs> There's a hammer and like wheat, but whatever. Um, the entire thing, the, the the general like overview of the Hungarian uprising is a bast- as bastardized as you can imagine. This can be an entire episode on its own. Another book recommendation you get is the history of the working class movement in Hungary. There's free PDFs online if you're interested in that. And the final two things that this man drops before I... By the way, I didn't even get to finish the documentary. I still have like seven minutes left. And I'm like, I'm done. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this, is, this is the last two things he says. The World the world Youth Festivals, uh, which was a thing that was... I think they still happen, uh, but not to the same like fanfare, uh, where like people from... Usually kids uh, and teenagers from almost every country on earth go to somewhere in Vienna or somewhere in Spain, somewhere in Africa, somewhere in Latin America. And they have like, you know demonstrations but peaceful demonstrations and they make placards and that's a very cute thing right it's like a parade uh, he calls yeah. all yeah parades yeah he makes he calls these instruments of communist propaganda mm-hmm. um and he claims that the ussr spent more on propaganda than the us <laughs> which for people who are unaware the us spends by the way this is public federal money spends around one billion dollars annually on advertising and public relations this is from 2006 2015 one billion dollars every single year uh there's government accountability office report that goes into this and this is only the you know the like public relations pit there's way more that's that the they, overt you know, stuff that's not even counting all yeah. the cia stuff that's ongoing um there's an actual great chinese write-up uh going to this point called u.s hegemony and its perils that you i think you should uh, mm-hmm. the listeners should go read and i'll just give you the 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 tidbit of the the titles um, it goes, introduction, number one, political hegemony, throwing its weight around. Number two, military hegemony, wanton use of force. Number mm-hmm. three, economic hegemony, looting and exploitation, technological hegemony, monopoly and suppression, cultural hegemony, spreading false narratives, and then conclusion. Amazing. Doesn't that sound like a banger? Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> I need to read that. <laughs> uh, and this is the final point that I'm going to share with you boys. They use examples of propaganda, uh, like, you know, the, the supposed propaganda that the USSR is funding. And two books are shown 
<laughs> as the examples. The first one is a is a maybe 400 pages long, like quite a thick volume titled Economic Geography of the USSR. Another book that they have is uh, another example is the Qi Min Yao Shu, which is a Chinese work from the fifth century about Chinese agriculture and animal husbandry <laughs> and stuff like that. Um, if a book looks boring Perfect to me, of all people, <laughs> what use is it as fucking propaganda? <laughs> well, yeah. And then, of course, he ends this his period this little bit by blaming the Vietnamese for for communist takeover. You know, like oh, it was the Vietnamese fault that the anyways. Thank you, Hakeem, for for dragging us through this. Now you're both canceled for make, making me listen to all this garbage. <laughs> the whole ending monologue by Ronald Reagan is so telling. It's literally 100% projection. So I'm going to play it, and I would like you, dear listener, to listen to this and replace the word communism with capitalism and the assorted communist figures with names like Reagan or Bush or Kissinger. All right, so here you go. Communist conspiracy is a deliberate and predictable plan of action to subvert the world. A startling story from Lenin in 1914 with 13 followers to the present with one billion people under the control of a comparative handful of communists. In the Soviet Union itself, only 5% of the people are members of the party. A communist philosophy that the end justifies the means has caused pain out of all proportion to the pitiful social progress communism's achieved. And yet it has spread at a fantastic speed and demonstrated a frightening vitality. Why? Two primary reasons, I think. First, it has duped well-meaning people everywhere into thinking that it provided an answer to the economic and social problems of the world. Second, it has not hesitated to use force wherever possible to impose itself on unwilling people and to hold them in abject subjugation. What can we do in the face of this communist threat? Well, for one thing, we can, by example, let the people of the world know that the way of free men provides a surer, happier answer for their problems than the outdated, coercive doctrines of Karl Marx. That freedom, and not communism, is the doctrine of the future. We must remain strong so that we can never be blackmailed by men like Khrushchev and Mao Zedong and so that we can uphold the hopes of the captive peoples. If, as the communists say over and over again, war is inevitable, then it is sheer folly for us not to make every conceivable political, economic, military, and psychological preparation to win. No one knows what the end of the story will be. That's up to you. Throughout this entire film, we see the same tired rhetorical tricks used over and over. Like I mentioned earlier, using stand-in words for mundane things. Secret police for the intelligence community. Regime and dictatorship for government. Cult of personality for popularity. Henchmen for colleagues. Scheme or plot for plan. The list just goes on. And as terrible as this documentary is, like it's really, really unpleasant to, to sit through if you're a communist, it's actually a really good exercise for how to recognize spin. And we mm-hmm. we barely scratched the surface here. I mean, there's yeah. you'd have to pause this every 10 seconds to to just dissect all of the lies and spin that is vomited upon you. <laughs> by, that was uh, the first anti-SJW video. That was the first uh, like internet skeptic video, <laughs> Honestly, like literally. Yeah. Uh, Reagan was ahead of his time, man. He's fucking OG <laughs> neckbeard, bro. But Why? you can't be a neckbeard because that bitch ass cunt can't even grow a fucking beard, pussy ass motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, not ironically, but yeah. uh, just to, to add on this, by the way, and this is to reinforce yeah, exactly like JT said, 
if you were to sit in, and study just the journalistic aspect of it or, or the, the, the way that it's try like it's ideologized and it's meant to feed you a narrative instead of just give you information. Yeah. That in and of itself could be like a PhD thesis, mm-hmm. right? Oh, yeah. Debunking, factual debunking of this would probably take 50 pages, I, I would say. Right. Yeah. To, At least, to, I mean, to, you to recommended what six, it. seven books. Yeah. yeah. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Just, just to get. The, and by the way, there's some. There's so much that he said, like especially the political claims around the USSR. Um, some of them fairly obscure. If you're a Marxist and you've been in these spheres for a long, long enough time, you know what what he's referring to. But they're still fairly obscure. It would take, especially a layman, forever to fucking actually know what he what he's even talking about. Let alone begin to understand. Oh, he's full of shit. Yeah. All right. Um, as we all say, words are one thing and actions are another. So go and check out the the deprogram uh, Patreon and check out the merch. <laughs> go take a look at first thought. I'm I'm, uh, I'm sorry for subjecting. First of all, my boys, my lovely, beautiful baby boys. Uh, I'm sorry for subjecting you. I hope you accept my sincere sincerest apologies, cunt man. Yeah. <laughs> For the for the pain that I've made you endure, you got me not so much, but JT, happy. What did I do to deserve this? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! But he's than, American, uh, like you know, he, he I suffered for yeah, so true. long in order yeah. to be like on the same level as as me. Yeah, come on. It's a punishment for your recent McDonald's uh, overstepping. My discretion, yeah, my indiscretion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly, your indiscretion. But yeah, um, with all that being said, I want to thank all our patrons, whom without this, this wouldn't be possible. We really thank you for your support. Please do check out the, the Patreon. We have uh, fantastic perks that are available to, to people who join. Of course, our Habibi tier is our uh, the one that gets our most thanks. We usually do once monthly uh, discussions with them as well, where we vibe, we shoot the shit, we just have a great time. Um, so do check that out as well. With all of this being said, I'm sorry again. <laughs> this has been the program. I'm Hakim. I'm JT, and I'm Yugopnik. No one knows what the end of the story will be. That's up to you.